0: the secrets of stargate is brought to you by the star quest production network and is made possible by our many generous patrons if you'd like to support the podcast please visit sqpn.com slash give
1: the secrets of stargate episode 83
0: down west jackson
2: has identified the seventh symbol all right here we go we are about to try to make a connection
3: all we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and
2: fly on home. Indeed, you say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It's never about going home, it's about getting us to where we going.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate's movies and series, including SG 1, Atlantis Universe, and more. I'm Father Corey Stika. With me today are Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs. Howdy, Lisa.
2: Hey, Father Corey.
1: And howdy, Victor. Hey, Father Corey. Before we begin, we'd I'd like to dis- invite you to join our Discord server. You can find it at SQPN.com slash Discord. We're having a lot of fun there, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about this show and all our shows. Also, you can go to sqpn.com slash merch and get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and much more. Today, we're discussing Prodigy, and not the Star Trek series, but just the 19th episode from the fourth season of Stargate SG-1. If, like Victor, you'd like to hear about the Stargate series Prodigy, you can go over to the secrets of Star Trek for that. Sam gets a (laughs) mini-me. Jennifer Haley is a hard-headed cadet at Air Force Academy who is perfect at everything, just like Sam. So, of course, Sam wants to recruit her for the SGC after she graduates and becomes a mentor to her. Jennifer resists, of course, until Sam takes her to the SGC and lets her step through the Stargate. Meanwhile, Jack and Tilk are babysitting a number of temperamental and arrogant scientists, I mean, as if there are any other kind of scientists, (laughs) on a moon around a gas giant. While keeping the scientists from being killed, they find an energy life form that can pass through solid matter but seems peaceful. However, after Sam and Cadet Haley arrive on the moon, but not related to their arriving, the life form become aggressive and kill one of the scientists. Fortunately, they are repelled by electric fields, including a Zat blast and the giant field produced by an active Stargate. The scientists and SG personnel are able to escape through the gate, and Cadet Haley decides to recommit herself to graduating from the Academy so she can join the SGC. So Lisa, what do you think of this one?
2: Uh, I've always liked this episode. I know it's considered one of the weakest of season four, but uh, rewatching, I think <laughs> maybe it's the mom in me because yeah. I really, I really liked Carter's like, stop it. Here's your future. Get your act together and yeah. go. And <laughs> yeah, maybe because I have young adult children. I like that. Um, but I thought it was a nice kind of way to show carter in a different light and have her really excited about somebody else rather than threatened by Haley's uh brains she was excited for the, for the future of the program and then uh who can forget uh jack's scene being so starstruck with uh general ryan so oh, no yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's always a nice little, little scene. So well, we'll I, I like it. It's, uh, it's, it it's not like the best episode ever, but it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's watchable and I enjoy it.
1: How about you, Victor?
3: Yeah. it It's not as bad an episode as I think I remembered it. <laughs> um, I hadn't seen this one in a very long time. And so I was watching it and you know, there's the, I don't know, which you'd consider the A plot. Uh, Jack and Teal kind of just bumming around the planet with the moody scientist, and then the B plot, I guess we'll say, which is, you know, Sam giving a lecture at uh, Air Force Academy, and then you know, there's the young upstart cadet who corrects her, you know, math on the on the whiteboard, and is just too cool for school and too smart <laughs> for her own britches or whatever. And so, you know, I, I, I did think the, the the scene where Sam finally kind of dresses her down was was very nice. Um, and then they bring the two plots together, which is always cool, Stargate. Yep. Does that a little bit better than, you know, the older Star Trek shows would do where, you know, the next generation era where they would have like an A, B and a C plot and they would, you know, sometimes but not always intersect. And so we get an action, you know, escape from the planet of the, you know, angry Tinkerbells or whatever. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so it's 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 it it comes together at the end. And, um, you know, I I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you both. It, it this was an episode, and you know, I was kind of groaning when I saw this was the next episode, because I I, I I think I always had this in the impression in my mind that this wasn't a very good episode. But it's 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 not bad. And, you know, I mean Faint Praise it it's definitely better than most of season one, but that's again not not saying much. Yeah, But it it's not a bad episode. It actually turns out uh to be a much better episode than I remember. Mm-hmm. I do think the off-planet plot was a lot more interesting, ironically, with the scientists than the uh, on-planet plot. But of course, you know, that's two-thirds of the episode, you know. A third of the episode is at the Academy, a third of the episode is just Jack and Tilk, and then a third of the episode is all of them together. So, it actually works out pretty well that that's the more interesting part, in my opinion. But, no, it it is an episode I enjoy. Now, I, I I get a kick, at least about you mentioning uh, General Ryan, and that was General Michael Ryan, who was, at the time, the Air Force Chief of Staff. And that's not the only time we've seen the Air Force Chief of Staff show up on Stargate. And that was part of the deal, I guess you could say, for the benefits that Stargate got with working with the Air Force so closely, is they had to uh, deal with a a few generals showing up once in a while that are real (laughs) Air Force generals, as you could tell by their lack of acting.
3: Well, and the fact that Jack is, like, so starstruck by him, which is totally out of character for Jack. Jack would, Jack would be like, oh, hey, General, you know, where's that requisition? Or are we getting more weapons to defeat yeah. the Gould with or something? <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's like, you know, in the in the 70s and 80s when they'd have a guest guest star walk on the show and all the characters would be like, Chicago Bears star William Refrigerator Perry? yeah, <laughs> You know, and it, and they'd be like, whoa. And he'd be like, hey, I'm William Refrigerator Perry. You stay in school, kids. And then yeah. he'd, like,
1: leave. I was thinking of Scooby-Doo and the uh, Carlin Globetrotters. Yeah. Yeah. Don Knotts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's why they had Jack make such a big deal, because I think most of us would have no idea that he wasn't an actor, that he was the actual general. So for for me, that's why I felt like they went over the top with it, because otherwise we'd be like, "Who? where'd you get this guy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I did did like his turn to uh, General Hammond and be like. You got your hands full with that one, George. Uh, just, just it was so hokey. I liked it.
1: Yep. I'm trying to remember too if this is the first time we've seen the Air Force Chief of Staff, or is this the second?
2: This is the first one, I believe. It was
1: the first one. Okay. Yeah. And the only only reason why I remember him is he was the Chief of Staff the last year I was in the Air Force. Oh. oh. From 97 to 2001. So actually, shortly after this aired, he retired as the the Chief of Staff. But still, he was, you know, so I knew who, when I saw this the first time, mm-hmm. and it's like, I know that guy. I worked under him. I never met him, but I worked, <laughs> you know, technically worked under him as a member of the Air Force. So it's kind of kind interesting to see that. And he's not the only one that's going to show up. We're going to see a mm-hmm. couple others, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And
3: I guess there's that story out there that afterwards Richard Dean Anderson asked him, do you actually, like, have colonels like me in the Air Force? <laughs> and <laughs> the general responded, yes, and worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you
1: know, or words to that effect. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That would that would be fun. Uh, fun to, to to see though, because yeah, I'm sure like anything, yeah. there's plenty of officers who fit General O'Neill or Colonel O'Neill. Soon, General O'Neill's uh quality, shall we say?
2: Yeah, a little, but, little uh, bit of truth, a little bit of real life in every yeah. character.
1: Well, of course, you know one person i didn't mention in the the summary was daniel he's hiding he's off with s g eleven again oh yeah, because <laughs> the, uh the
3: new s g eleven or
1: yeah the the next s g eleven part three i think uh, <laughs> yeah. at this point because <laughs> um, michael shanks was getting ready to uh direct an upcoming episode oh cool, mm-hmm. so he was so instead of acting in this one he was gonna be uh he was doing all his preparations for that so I don't know if that was... I think that's the first time he would... Any of them had directed an episode.
2: I think so. So. Oh, say Major Griff was SG-2, which last time... Didn't SG-2 all get... No. No, they got arrested, not killed. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah. They they kind of went through the gate while SG-1 stayed behind, I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where... um, Steve ba- uh, Bakik's character is a member ah. of SG Two. Uh, Major, I forget to forget his face, but you know Telemachus okay. Rade from Andromeda.
2: I was th- oh sorry, I was thinking they all gotten killed, and he was the new guy brought in too. Nope. So uh,
1: SG Two has never gotten wiped out. Now they've lost members, but they I don't think they've okay. gotten wiped out.
3: Yeah, I think it was SG Three who got wiped out on the planet of the Unas, or it could have been S- no SG Ten was the black hole. <laughs> <Hall episode>. It's <laughs> yeah. <there's- laughs>
1: I think it'd be easier to say which which SG teams
3: which, did get wiped out. Yeah. SG one. I need a SG one. Uh, no, <laughs> I need an infographic. Need a little infographic with little tombstones chart. or something. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to which, get which extinct SG one team or SG team are you? And it's a BuzzFeed quiz. Have, have the branches of SG
1: teams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyways, we got we got Sam who's off uh, finding this new promising young cadet. But, of course, you know, what I can't believe is that she would actually be giving a presentation on multi-universe dynamics to the Academy. I mean, that right there, first of all. It's yeah. Like, no.
3: This is the end. You point at the enemy and then you pull this thing.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Now, the, the Academy is a real university, although just like mm-hmm. West Point is, like the, the Naval Academy is. But... um yeah, they're not going to be talking about that kind of, you know, theoretical physics or anything like that. Not on, not on a regular or even irregular basis. Did you say ten dimensions? Yeah.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well,
2: I would say ass- it's a it's a pretty prestigious university. Yeah, it is. I would assume that they have upper level. I don't even know what class that would be. Some sort yeah. of physics class.
1: Yeah. Well, it for, looked, yeah, it sounded for, like it was some kind of advanced science class. Yeah, and uh, and that's where she finds this cadet Haley, who discovers her mistake. She switched yeah. to, she yeah. switched a plus and a minus. I like they say it oh, was these two variables were switched. No, that means what was minus on the bottom should have been plus, and what was plus on the top should have been minus. Right, that's all you switched. It was two symbols.
2: I <laughs> they just I needed some... to uh,
1: reverse the polarity.
2: Somebody yeah. online saying, well, that just shows that Carter can make mistakes and be absent-minded like the rest of us and you know, yeah, write the wrong thing on the board. Said, okay. was, was, she, <laughs> was she writing on
3: the board, though? Because then at the end, she totally didn't own, own up to it. She's like, that's not, but what's on the board was a mistake. Like, somebody else put it up there. Well, she, oh. no, I, I thought she said that she, she reversed those. Okay, maybe later on she did. But the first time they're like, she was like, yeah, no, was, she, she found a mistake on the board or something. Yeah, no, yeah that,
1: you're, you might be right, though. but." Mistakes she was made. pointing at things on the board, but we don't see her actually yeah. picking up the whiteboard marker and writing on it. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it is interesting. Again, you've got almost another Mary Sue with the cadet. You know, she's perfect in everything, and she's perfect in fighting, and she's perfect in, in you know, aircraft, you know, flying air, fighter craft and all this stuff. And it's like, how? <laughs> yeah. and,
3: well, and isn't that how will- they
2: brought Hmm. carter in was that she was perfect at all those things too i mean you go back to the first episode and that's you know just because her organs are
3: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but no and yeah and the only reason that Haley would would ever hit somebody is if she's defending an underclassman right you know she wouldn't it really isn't until stargate universe that we get members of the you know armed armed forces who are you know not perfect
1: right
2: well, I did read that they the original plot line was for her to have gone awol mm. and to do something else and the air force came back and said no. You can't you can't have that plot line because basically she couldn't still be a cadet. Like she'd be out. Period. Yep. And so they made them change it to mm. something a yeah. little less uh
1: less ris- less risky.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I did actually see that uh, Cadet Jennifer Haley was, if just by twist of fate, was actually one of the actresses being considered to play her. Was actually actress Jennifer Haley, <laughs> um, who later on mm-hmm. we'll see in in, in next ep- uh, next season's episode. I think with the Russian, she's part of the Russian SG team. I think, um, but yeah, the actresses. So it's just funny that they wrote a part for the character named Jennifer Haley, and one of the two people up for it was an actress named Jennifer Haley. But she didn't get it. It was uh, played by uh, Elizabeth Rosen, who comes back uh, in the same role uh, next season as well.
1: Oh, yes, a couple of times. Ooh. Comes back a couple more seasons. So, so of, co- of course we see Sam, you know, trying to uh, help this this young struggling cadet who's so smart that she's bored, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, n- none of us have ever felt that way before. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, and I, I do like, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier that the fact that Sam basically dresses her down a couple of times where she's thinking this, this cadet thinks she's too good for school, too cool for school, as Victor put it. And Sam kind of says, well, you don't think the regulations apply to you, you know, and, and of course, cadet keeps saying, you know, saying, no," and it turns out, of course, the cadet's just jealous because Sam got all the awards and got all the best scores and everything before <laughs> the cadet did, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's always been the smartest person and she can't yep. handle it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Plus the assignment was lame. That's yes. Yeah. She says, yes, it was. Lame. Uh, I, I've, I've tried that one too. I
1: did do my homework because yeah. the assignment was lame.
3: <laughs> <It's>
2: lame.
1: <laughs> yeah. It made the lame list.
2: Did it work? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love that Carter didn't try to sweet talk her. didn't try to, Oh, come on. You, you know, mm-hmm. she just, she said, so what? <laughs> yeah. So what? That's, like, that's, and, <laughs> Yeah, I feel really like that's a very yeah. late nineties, yeah. early two thousands way of thinking. I'm not sure that translates so much anymore. But as my well, kids would tell me, but that's you know, it's like, and you still got to get it done. You still got to, yeah. you know, wh- what's your alternative?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is this is a military mindset. Of course, this is a cadet, a first year cadet, and for for those who don't know that they go opposite. So your fourth year cadet when you first start to first year because it's it's like the military. Oh, ranking. okay. Uh. So she's she's a senior in in under, undergrad is basically what she is. And uh she's getting ready to graduate from the academy to go and be you know um become an officer, become a second lieutenant who we see next next season as a second lieutenant. Um yeah, this is not a, a let's sit around and talk about our feelings and why you feel like you're so much better than everybody else and you know it's like no you're going to be in the air force you're going to be an officer do your job and yep. do your job as you're <laughs> supposed to yeah so this is a run out the clock situation
3: get
2: it done you're so close yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was, it's it and there's something the way the script kind of writes it where it says she you know she broke an, an upperclassman's knows it didn't say that mm-hmm. she wasn't an upperclassman as well right
2: oh right
1: but chloe bennett or whatever the
3: uh other person's name was was yep. i think a lower classman so yep
1: exactly probably a fourth or a third year cadet as i just learned yes exactly yeah <laughs> um and it, it's well of course you know there's hazing at the military i know shock right and so you can imagine that was prob that's probably what it was and she did uh cadet haley didn't stand for it Mm-hmm. I, I do like there was one line she said though uh, when Sam asked her what were you thinking she goes strike high yeah. well if you remember at this time the Air Force's uh, uh, recruiting slogan was aim high
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I'm wondering <laughs> if they had to change
3: that if the Air Force wouldn't let them use aim they high probably I think the line was probably <laughs> right. going to be aim
1: high and they had to change it it and probably was Sam's
3: like that's not funny or that is funny or something but yeah it's, like, it's, it's it funny we can't funny. have
1: funny yeah not at the Air Force Academy. It's not allowed. Not intentionally yeah. funny. <laughs> We're not allowed to have fun there.
3: Next, you'll be wanting to sing the Wild Blue Blunder or something, and make a joke about
1: that or something. Yeah, <laughs> humor can't have it. Yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the Air Force Academy. We got to see yeah. what was supposed to be the Air Force Academy, but of course, was a location in Vancouver. But mm-hmm. we did get to see some very greeny footage of cadets oh, man. marching. Yes! That did not stand up. No. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Find me at the scene in uh, Hot Shots when Lloyd Bridges is like yelling at the men to like march and he's like, get in shape, get in line, get in rank. They never listened to me. And he's been yelling at like a painting that's hanging on the wall of, of men marching. Yeah. It's just
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that did. I wonder, did it look bad originally or is it just because everything's gotten better
1: and now I... it stands out? have a feeling it depended on what kind of tv you had in 2000 if you still had a tube tv it probably didn't look too bad if you had a newer high definition tv it probably did i mean my my copy is off a dvd so it's still only 48 480p Mm -hmm. and if it looked bad on my screen it probably looked bad on
2: most
1: (laughs) yeah
3: yeah i was watching on terrible on
2: mine
1: (laughs) yeah it did (laughs) but oh well that's it's it's what happens when you use stock footage i mean exactly Air Force oh, handed to something the they filmed yeah. about the time I was in the Air Force and said, "Here, use this." <laughs>
3: yeah, it's like they're sitting in a in like a set boat set, and they're like, "Look at that hippopotamus!" And then it's like very grainy, like uncolor corrected footage of a hippopotamus.
2: <laughs> well, and, I like the fact that they showed that Carter keeps in touch with the Air Force Academy and is mm-hmm. definitely going back frequently. Her right. professor, they all knew who she was. They all. Acted like this was very normal for her to be there and yeah. and hanging yeah. out and encouraging, mentoring, and all that kind of stuff. So, I I thought mm-hmm. that was a a nice I don't know he, for somebody who's very scientific and intellectual for her to be going back and doing that.
3: Because whenever Daniel does it, his grandfather e- either ends <laughs> up on the planet of the giant aliens or his ex girlfriend <laughs> gets turned into a girl. Right. So yeah, <laughs> Daniel <laughs> just needs to stop going back home. Yeah, he has he has issues.
1: So meanwhile, on the planet of the angry fairies <laughs> but now that we've talked about you know sam becoming a mentor to this young cadet who's just as smart as she is now they're going to come sam decided to bring her against apparently without the general understanding what's going on general hammond didn't even know what's going on until she just shows up apparently <laughs> bring this cadet to take her through the stargate so let's go to the planet where they're going to be going to where jack and tilk are half bored and half ready to kill a bunch of scientists
2: it's a moon
1: a it's moon. a moon yes <laughs> Good one. And, and what it is, they is a remind moon remind us a planet yeah. It's trapped Cap- around the orbit of planet. another planet yeah. <laughs> that's no moon actually it is actually it is and yeah. that's a big planet. I, I did like how they did you know kind of the the faint mo- uh yeah. gas mm-hmm. giant another moon kind of in the in the sky. You know, pretty cool. it kind of looked like old uh Star Trek uh map painting, but still it looked pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it was a digital mat or whatever they. Yeah. Yep. Of course you ha- you had to have the crotchety scientists. You had to have the yeah. you know, a- annoying arrogant scientists who think they know everything and oh nothing's going to happen here till it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they thought they were at like a resort or something.
3: They're always just like wanting to like wander off and follow these things, and <laughs> yep. you know, Jack has to basically like camp out in there, like where he knows they're gonna walk and like call him back and
1: just say, "Where the heck are you going?" Yeah, <laughs> well, that, I love that, that, that where great, they're walking though. off, you know. Yeah. yeah, love that where they're walking off, and he's and yeah, and he's always there sitting there cleaning his is M sixteen, and he he stands up. oh, it's he's a, it's a P nineteen, kind of holds it. See? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Tilk gets
3: to uh, say, "You should listen to Colonel O'Neill and me because I was encountering alien species before you were born." Yeah, <laughs> which is a, a good line from Tilk.
2: That was good. Exactly. Yeah. You notice? Uh, I forget, oh, I just forgot that doctor's name, but Hamilton. Yes, that this was. Is this the only time we see him? Mm. This was it for him. Yeah. Right. And I wondered if yeah. he, he was just a little too honorary for them to bring back because dr lee is on 20 episodes yeah and we barely hear a word out of him this time but the other one who talked the most nope
3: exactly and we do get that um that scientist in season one i forget his name uh, kavanaugh i think in season one of atlantis who's kind of a jerk to dr weir and he mm-hmm. used this as only t- chance to send a message home to, like, basically complain about what an awful job Dr. Weir is doing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: And, yeah, and so we we do kind of get, you know, a version of that in Atlantis, which is kind of, it's kind of funny. But, um, and then, of course, we get other scientists like, you know, Rodney McKay and Dr. Mm-hmm. Felger later on in, in SG-1 mm-hmm. and stuff. But, no, fortunately, Hamilton does not come back and neither does does uh dr fairy food what's his name but oh bill thompson yeah because he's yeah. kind of yeah. dead yeah bill, bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah dr we- dr lee just kind of like booked it out of there he's like well i can't save him let me get out of here like, yeah. exactly <laughs> he's like hey. six feet from him he's like help me dr lee and, and dr lee's like uh i'll nope. go over here and get help yep. yeah <laughs> hey he survived here for a while
2: to, yeah, to hang out on sgc a whole lot more so that's true <laughs> good job and he gets atlantis too yep yep yeah and and he, he gets, gets to, to help build character. the uh, yeah the gate mm-hmm. bridge.
1: Yeah, he gets to be a fun character. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we get to see him, and and uh, he's not. He, you don't get quite the humor from him yet in this. It's yeah. the, later on that we get to see a lot of that. So,
3: so that's Man, he was good. on.
1: He was on MacGyver in a
3: couple episodes with Richard Dean Anderson. He was the one of the guys who basically had to have Richard Dean Anderson go into this ultraviolet chamber and like strip down and have the ultraviolet lights like decontaminate
1: him and stuff. Yep. So. I, you know, I did, I did get a kick out of the one when, when Jack and Tilt got to the planet and Major Griff's like, oh, good. You're back. I'm relieved. See ya. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Should have been a heads up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: and it's funny too, because like the teaser, like right before they go to the credits and you're like, um. You're like, Oh I wonder what this episode's gonna be around. And then it's like, you know, it's basically ends just with Sam's talk in front of the chalkboard, you know, and the cadets are filing out, and then it goes to credits, and then it comes back and they're on the planet, and one of the characters says almost immediately, like, Yeah, nonstop excitement. You yeah. know, like <laughs> are you describing this episode so far? Yeah, exactly. But it picks up.
1: <laughs> I like the I like the willow the little will They're kind of a cool little creature.
2: Mm-hmm. What'd you call them?
1: Cool, like yeah. Tinkerbells or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later, angry,
3: angry Angry Tinkerbells. It's actually there's a I think a season four or five episode of Supernatural called Clap Your Hands If You Believe. And not to spoil it, but it sets up as like, you know, they're in a town and UFOs have been visiting this town. But then it turns out that instead of UFOs, like fairies, because it's supernatural, not a sci-fi show, mm. fairies have been causing all all the problems. And actually Robert Picardo plays a, a leprechaun in that episode. But oh, nice. um yeah. And uh, it's a very funny, very funny episode written by Ben Endlid, um, uh, who was the showrunner at the time. But um, yeah, so it was, it was just I kept I kept like thinking back to that episode and then, you know, other episodes where there's like I think in um, the first like Hellboy movie, there's like or a second one. There's like angry fairies and stuff. So
1: mm-hmm.
3: I thought it was cool that they would. Although these are we don't know if they're really angry or not. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like one of the main yeah points. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they don't resolve if the reason why they became aggressive is because they got upset because one of their compatriots got captured. Turns out they mm-hmm. could be captured by electric fields. Or are they angry because they're affected by the entire planet's electric uh, magnetic field? And yes, the planet's electric field or magnetic field, because the the moon apparently has a polar orbit instead of a equatorial orbit. Ah. Because that's where they talk about it's going through the top of the right, magnetic right. field. Right, mm-hmm. right. Off the poles,
3: and uh, Cadet Haley gets to quote Adric from Doctor Who at the end and say, "I will never know if I was right." <laughs>
1: yep, at least she gets to go and have a career, and he yes, and kills kills them off all the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah,
2: I like that they didn't resolve who was right. That the it, I like yep. that Carter said it doesn't it doesn't matter. We have to address the issue as is. How do we get out alive, and how do we deal mm-hmm. with it? And I thought that was kind of a nice between the competition of Carter and Haley. It doesn't matter who's right.
1: Well, it was it was a lesson for Haley that you don't always have to be right either, <sighs> and you don't always have to know you're right either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lesson in leadership
3: too for her because it doesn't matter specifically to Jack O'Neill who's right or not because mm-hmm. if you know if Haley's right, you know they're they're putting everybody's lives in at risk. But if Carter's right, it's only Jack O'Neill's life, at least in the mm-hmm. short term, that's at risk as he makes a mad dash for the for the gate. And so to to a leader like Colonel O'Neill, it doesn't matter who's right. If he's the only one who's at risk, then that's mm-hmm. the decision that mm-hmm. that he has to take. And we do get a funny scene because they've determined by now that if you at somebody <laughs> um that creates enough of an electric field to repel the the bugs at least for yep. a little bit. And uh and so there's a very funny scene where where, you know, uh, Jack's asking Tilk to zat him. And he's like, okay, just give me a warning. And, and Tilk's like, I'm about to shoot you. And <laughs> you get this no, I was thinking on three. One, two, bzzz. You know. yeah.
1: yeah. One zap. Yeah. And he's <laughs> laying yeah. on the ground writhing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then, you know, Cadet Haley is going, well, just shoot him again. Yeah. And Tilk's like, if a second shot will kill them. You know, second yeah. shot from a zat will kill them. You know. I thought like Jack should have done a little dance when
3: Teal zatted Dr. Hamilton, though, or something, <laughs> just, just, yeah,
1: just <laughs> yeah it was kind of cool though when when uh, Jack of course he gets to the star he got zatted and and they are staying off of him, gets to the gate, he starts punching it in, and in then they mm-hmm. they start attacking him again and Tilk shoots the ground in front of him, you see the the wisps kind of like a bubble, like you know like their shield just pushed him mm-hmm. away. It was actually kind of a cool. Yeah, cool little yeah. effect.
2: I was thinking when they had them attacking his face, and I guess they're going through his cheek. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, they're phasing through him. Yeah, yeah.
2: It reminded me of uh, 2010 when he was getting struck by those yep. lasers. Yeah. It was the same, you know, kind of look on his face.
1: Yeah, same little burn mark or whatever. Yeah,
2: and I'm like, dude, they got some great, uh, you know, whatever medication from scarring, Frazier's. Yeah, <laughs> you really got to make that look good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Holes
2: in your cheeks. I'm,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Janet will have plenty of medication to take care of that. Yeah. Doctor Fraser will have plenty of medication yeah. to <laughs> handle that. Not a problem.
3: Yeah. Um, another line. Like I just looked it up because I didn't understand it. Um, when uh, when Teal'c stands up for, for for Jack, Jack goes, "Thank you, Rocco." Oh, yeah. And it's not a specific reference to anything in particular, but I did just see that somebody thought it was, like, in gangster movies, like, there was always, like, a thug named Rocco yeah. or something who would always, like, say, listen to the boss, do what the boss says. And then the boss would be like, ah, thank you, Rocco. Kind of like a and tiny, so yeah. Yeah, oh. I'm get, that's, that might have been what they were referencing there. Oh. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> we're really reaching here. One, one thing I kind of did get a kick out of, though, was, you know, Sam would be talking about something like, you're assuming that matter can only go or can go both ways mm-hmm. through a wormhole. And she's like, well, no one's ever shown me a wormhole that doesn't. And of course, Sam has to bite her tongue until she gets to go through a wormhole. And oh, by the way, if you try to go back through this wormhole the wrong way, you go zap.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Same thing poof. with the overlapping realities, right? Yeah. yeah. That they're like, they're like, how do you, why would you think they could overlap? And she's like.
1: <laughs> I've kind of seen it. Yeah. Um With our quantum mirror. (laughs) Yeah, I've kind of experienced it.
2: (laughs) That's gonna be really hard as a scientist not to be able to go, I've we've proven this. This this is how it goes.
3: Yeah. We have no idea how it works and it almost destroyed the earth every time. But Uh. yeah. (laughs) But it still works. And I should also mention that uh the guy who did say, did you say ten dimensions during the lecture, that's um Ivan R. Bartok, who is Mm -hmm. uh was the executive assistant to Michael Greenberg and Richard Dean Anderson, the executive uh, producers of the show. So they oh, they cool. snuck him into
1: the episode there. Yep. Must not he looked young enough to fit in as a cadet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and if you do own the DVDs, there's a hidden Easter egg here where um, it's a, there's a commentary track with uh, a Malazi and Mully on it. And this is the one where they actually sing the lyrics, the, the um, never-before-heard-up-till-that-point lyrics to the SG-1 theme song. So... Yeah. Um. you can either look that up probably on YouTube or, or get your hand on a copy of the DVDs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can, I haven't, I, I saw that earlier today and I was going to go and, and grab that so we could tack it on to the end of the, the show and maybe still will. Maybe I'll grab my yeah. DVD and we can tack it on. Um, but, uh, well, I, I did have flashbacks going back to the uh, Academy scene where, uh, the cadet cadet Haley gets called in and she said, you know, she salutes, you know, Gets in front of the desk, stops, and salutes, and says, "Cadet Haley reports as ordered," and that is a traditional Air Force reporting statement. We learned that you know every time we'd have to go <laughs> to our training, training instructor, basic training, Airman Stika reports as ordered. It's like it was like flashbacks, it's like no, no, that time is over. No. <laughs> but they got it right. I mean, they got they got that's the exact statement, isn't? And they they even you know, of course if you said reporting as ordered. Of course, they'd make funny, you know, they'd mock you and say, well, what are you reporting? It's, oh, okay. Because your report, it's reports being, you're ordered to report. So you are, you have, you, your, Aaron Mystica reports is ordered, you know. Gotcha. So, ah. Yeah. So it was one of those things that, they, you know, they do to teach you military discipline. And then, of course, it goes out the window. Like, I don't remember ever doing a reporting statement after I actually got to, you know, my duty station and everything.
3: <laughs> nice little bit of uh, vermicellitude there. So anything else you guys want to share about this one? I can't think of a thing. Oh, did I mention that I do, I did really like the design of the base. It's got kind of this like corrugated steel, but also Mm -hmm. kind of like this very modern floor plan. It's kind of, you know, all open, very, a lot of natural light. Um, It's a very cool off-world base. I mean, and it's, you know, very simple and realistic in its construction. I mean, it has a nice little, you know, power panel and you can Mm -hmm. wire up the walls right to it and stuff. Yeah. But I did really like the, especially the interior. I mean, from the exterior, it wasn't uh, much to look at, but from the interior, it was it was a really nice space.
2: Yep. Yep. And it was there. They were trying to make it their long term science station, and exactly. I guess not.
1: And they only ever go back there as far as we know, or maybe they do, and they just they figure out when the Willowists are, yeah, <laughs> aggressive and not, and just avoid that time of year. Yeah.
2: We have to let them out there and check in every so often.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we're like
3: beekeeper outfits covered with batteries or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Yeah. So do we have any uh, titles this week? Well, yes, we do. As a matter of fact, and and some of these are a little bit uh, different in the romance languages. Um, they're mostly, you know, prodigy, French, Italian, uh, Spanish and Italian prodigio um in Czech we get uh miracle child, which is just uh the way they say prodigy in in czech uh mm-hmm. um and then in german we get uh what they call uh the miracle uh das funder mm-hmm. which i think is supposed to, is like an abbreviation of das funder kid which would be like the kind, the, one, kid. the wonder kid yeah the miracle yeah. kid so um there we we get uh, das das wunder
1: Oh, very good. Yeah, not too, not too creative with the titles this week, but that's all right. Um, there is some news we have that there, and this is news that's it's not, it's kind of old news, but it's kind of new as well. Uh, that there is a new Stargate game coming out, and Victor, you're the one who who found it, so why don't you tell us all about it?
3: Yeah, just it's up on the Steam page. The name of the game is Stargate Timekeepers, which mm-hmm. is better than Time Wasters, but I mean I probably could have come <laughs> yeah. up with a better title but Stargate Timekeepers it's a uh like a tactics uh looks like it might be a real time tactics game where you have to order your little Stargate team around uh and have them like you know do tasks and stuff and it looks like it takes place during the battle at the end of season 7 when when spoiler mm-hmm. alert um Stargate uh, the you know the SG is C is battling a fearsome foe for the fate of the planet um and so there's a new team of new characters um that we get here um we get eva mccain a natural leader and longtime soldier master of hand-to-hand combat and we get uh max bolton can climb difficult surfaces so that's pretty handy Derek harper's drones carry out some of the most difficult tasks we get your like your tech guy and then Mm -hmm. of course you need a teal character so we get Ata, jaffa rebel and sneaky thief carries a matok staff for short-range combat so he might also be like your like your tank uh, type character. Each, every mm-hmm. one of these games, he's like a tank that everybody can kind of hide behind. And then kind of the wild card is, it looks like we get uh, Zuga, a powerful yet good-natured Unas veteran. He joins your team along with a little friend. Oh, So I don't know who the little friend is. I hope it's like a little <laughs> ghoul symbiote That's that he what carries I was, around. I was going to say, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, like the team mascot. <laughs> yeah, or like a like a cranked type situation or something for <laughs> Ninja Turtles, but... Yeah, so that should be a uh that should be interesting at least. I mean, a Stargate game is better than no Stargate game. The graphics look pleasant.
1: Fortunately, it's not the uh the uh MMORPG that was promised so many years ago that would have yeah. been so cool to have. But it's still it's you know, it's it is a you can see some pictures and it's mostly just the scenery. You know, you don't you really can't see any kind of gameplay or anything like that on on Steam, but Stargate Timekeeper is something to keep an eye out for. Um it doesn't right now it doesn't show that it's going to have multiplayer which is too bad cuz that'd be fun to have. Yeah. You know do like a multiplayer stream and uh but we'll see what happens. We'll see uh what happens as it comes out the line. It it doesn't have a release date or anything like that. So it could be you know, it could be any time in the next year or two. It could be never. It could be vaporware <laughs> too. So Yeah,
3: but definitely we will uh stream that when it comes out. I think as as the first yeah. you know, uh you know, multimedia Stargate you know, fiction type product experience. Definitely to come along in many years. We'll definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll have to see how about setting that up and uh, I'll definitely be, I'll definitely be getting it when it comes out. I'll probably put it on my, uh, my steam watch list later tonight. So. Well, very good. Well, before we close, we actually have some feedback from a couple of our more recent episodes. Uh, First, uh, both these come from YouTube, which, by the way, you can leave feedback on YouTube and we will make sure to share it. And also, if you go to our Discord and leave feedback there, we'll be glad to share that as well. Uh, But P.O. on YouTube said about the episode Chain Reaction Not sure I agree with the take on Kinsey's wife. I think she is that ditzy and unaware of pop culture. Also, to me, it seemed. It looked to me, at least, it looked like Kinsey signaled to her in some way, either based on what she what he said or how it was said, etc., that tipped her off to contact the NID. It wasn't something she did purely on her own accord, and that that's really possible too. Is she's yeah. you know she's just the politician's wife that's that's there to look good and to be social and that kind of thing. And oh, I should call this number that he told me to call because he gave me the word to you know to do that.
3: Yeah, I definitely think there's room for both interpretations. It's yep. it is nice that they leave that sort of ambiguous and and you know open there as
1: well. Yep. And then Pollyone also on YouTube said about 2010. Definitely a classic. I love retro future episodes like this. And I agree with that. You know, that that's it it really is one of the great episodes. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> So now we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Reese T., Jonathan K., Ronald B., Armand P., and Corey L. I like that, the name of the last one, spelled (laughs) the same as mine. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or many other great podcast apps. We are on YouTube at youtube.com slash StarQuest Media. And then share the shows. After you listen to an episode you really enjoy, share it with your friends, share it with your families. We want to we expand our reach. We want to you know, increase our shows. We want to grow our, our audience. So please do share The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows here at StarQuest. To find our previous episodes and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. And our email for feedback is stargate at sqpn.com. You can follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at SQPN. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate.
2: Thanks, Father Corey.
1: And Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey, and I'll never complain about mosquitoes again. I don't know. I still will, but we have a lot. They're pretty big in Montana. (laughs) Oh, boy. And once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest.
0: Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?
3: Oh, it's this episode where they sing the lyrics. I thought it was earlier in Season 4, but it's this one where they sing the lyrics on the... uh Stargate it's a great big world with the great big swirl that you step inside to another world we're talking Stargate It's a crazy trip you can go quite far and you don't need a car or even a ship there's Colonel O'Neill and Carter and Daniel and Teal'c look out for that goo 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 Yeah that was it it was this episode where they actually sang that
2: I know I've got to dig out my DVDs or find a DVD yeah. player so I can listen to their commentaries.
0: <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.